Two old boys ain't much for working Two shots on a barrel and talking about bourbon Talking about a few other things that they don't know Got a question, no need to ask. They don't have a clue, so raise your glass. Take a sip with the bold brothers. Now it's on with the show. From the heart of central Kentucky, the bourbon capital of the world, it's two shots on a barrel with your host, a couple of hot shots of their own, the Bowl Brothers. Back to two shots on a barrel. My God, J-Bo, it's been 100 years. It's been a while since we've been in here. This COVID thing has thrown a wrench into a few of our shows, so, uh, you know, it's been a little bit. But uh, if that ever happens again, Jim, we have some new friends in the uh, uh, the podcast world that reached out, and they have a podcast similar to us. It's called Cross the Line 1524. So if you're ever sitting waiting for our podcast and it's taking too long, go check out theirs. Until we get one up. They're good guys. Alan uh, Stinger's a great guy. You'll enjoy their show. So they've actually asked us to be on their show, right? Yeah, maybe we'll collaborate one day. Maybe we'll collaborate. What's stuff. a 1524? What is that? I, I don't is know. Like, I, I just met him. I don't know. You, you said he was a great guy. You should, I figured you would know all that information. Come on, man. I just met him. I mean, seriously. I mean, it's Alan Stinger. Go look him up on Facebook, <laughs> and you'll learn you all know, about i got to give you a hard time, j It's been it. way too long. It has. It's it been has. way too long. Well, we're back in. That's all that matters. We're, you know, we, we want to get some shows in before 2021. I mean, you know, 2020 has just been such a fabulous year. We, we figured we'd get a couple more shows in, right? And, and we're going to end it with a bang, I'm afraid. I think it's really going to – we're going to have the episode of all episodes right now. Let's just get the shit right out Let's in the open, j Have you ever it. smoked dope? Have I? I've smelt it. <laughs> I want to. I want to tell these. So guys you're right like now. Bill Clinton? Have you? Have you, <laughs> you just <laughs> listen. Here's two things. I've I've been in the courtroom once for jury duty, and they kicked me out because they didn't want me. And I've what's been that there, have to do and, with my no, question, no, and, man? And I've smelt. I've been around dope one time at a Tom Petty concert, and the contact high just about kicked my butt. So I knew I had no business messing with it if I can't handle contact times. You're not under oath at this time. I know, man. I know, man. So, so, we'll just go ahead and so, so what about you, mister? What about you? Have you ever had it? Oh, God, I plead the fifth. Okay. okay. <laughs> but tell everybody who's no, here, man. No, Jay, well, I'm going to let you do it, brother, because no, no, you've, been, you've been reading books lately, which is it's something that you don't normally do. I, I never and, read and books. And I really feel like that you ought to be the guy that introduces our I mean, our, my our eyes guests. are burning, boys. I, it usually takes me two years to read a book, but uh, since Christmas, my mother-in-law gave me two books. One is The Origins of the Cornbread Mafia, Memoir of Sorts. Did you and say then, Origins or Orgies? It, whichever one you want. It's and, a little bit of both. <laughs> and then the other one, <laughs> then the other one is Cornbread Mafia, The Outlaws of Central Kentucky with Joe Keith Bickett. I've been reading those books since Christmas, and I'm still not quite finished but I tell you what. So you, so you actually got both books for Christmas. Both books for Christmas. That was cool. I finished the first one, which was a feed on itself. Then I took my son to the to eat, and a cop pulled up next to me, and I got all jittery. <laughs> I, felt, I felt like I was in the mix. That's how good the books are. So, yeah. guys, welcome to the studio, Joe Keith Bickett and Robbie Bickett. What's Thank going you so on, much, guys? Coming in. Thanks for having us. We're glad to be here. Man, this is awesome. You know, it's... When you talk about the Cornbread Mafia, J-Bo, I mean, it's legendary in really these is. these there parts. But you know what? What you hear on the streets 
Sal, I've lived here probably about 15 years, and what you hear about the Cornbread Mafia is not the same as what's in these books. The truth lies in these books. And if you haven't gotten these books, you need to get these books. And I'm sure Joe Key can tell us where to get them because Santa Claus brought mine. Okay? So where can we go to get these books right off the bat? Uh, Well, you can get them on Amazon, first of all, and then a lot of the local places around here. Uh, I think um, you can go to Barstown and get them at uh, 150 Quick Stop, uh, Mary's Out of the Way. Excuse me. Uh, At Mary's over there. Missy's Out of the Way has them. But usually you can get them on Amazon is the easiest way. You can get them in the e- Okay. Yeah, you can you can get a, an ebook or the hard copy, the one or the paperback. Okay, great. This uh, is like real life stuff too. This David. is like stuff that I've I've read books and I I really like to watch, uh, you know, stuff about rock singers and how they were brought, how they started, and how they ended. Yeah. Dude, they don't have nothing on this guy. I, I watched Alice Cooper. No bit. man, uh-uh. <laughs> I sat there and, and read Alice Cooper's, you know, book of his life. Right. And I was like, "Shit, dude, that dude's nuts." I mean, he has done everything. Uh-uh. nothing. These books right here drag you into it, his world, Joe Key's world, and showed me things that I, you know, <laughs> when you know, right I didn't know. Was going on. I didn't know. <laughs> And when you said in one part of the book that you took somebody took a hard right over by Fergie's, what's the name of that road over by Fergie's? McElroy. McElroy Park took a hard right on. My, I'm like, dude, I, I've been on that road, man. That's crazy. So I mean, it really just sucked me into these books. And, yes, uh, my gosh, dude, you lived it. Yeah. Well, it, you know, it's a memoir, and uh, we just hit the high points in it. And um, I started chronicling these books or uh, writing those memoirs. I did a little bit in prison back in the uh, 90s and everything, and I had a lot of time in there to write these memoirs. And so that's the basis of these books. While I was in prison, I chronicled a lot of stuff that happened out here back in the 70s and 80s. And the first book kind of covers a period of in the 1970s when it was kind of a fledgling thing here in Marion County to start growing marijuana. And, of course, at that time, it was just a, a state-level charge. It was a misdemeanor. And, and, hell, we didn't think anything was wrong with it at that time. You know, hell, same thing as a, a traffic ticket. Uh, the state handled all of that stuff, and it was a misdemeanor underneath Kentucky law. $500 fine. Like Robbie says, $500 fine. Mm-hmm. But then that all changed in 1980. The feds started getting involved in it, and uh, that's when they upped the penalties, both in Kentucky and with uh, the federal government. That There's a lot of stuff come into uh being at that time, namely a lot of federal statutes, such as Comprehensive Crime Control Act, uh, sentencing guidelines, and a number of other things. That was uh, the war on drugs at that time was uh, under Ronald Reagan, President Ronald Reagan at that time. So anyway, it was a hell of a venture from 1970 to 1990, and then in 1990, uh, a lot of us winded up in federal prison. You know? <laughs> but it was, a, it was a big story along the way from the 1970s early 1970s up. So, yeah, it, it was pretty big. So, Super Bowls, trips to Vegas, trips to here, trips to there, just to recover from the pot season, just to get your uh, blood flowing again and ready to do it again. Mm-hmm. How awesome was it, man? How it, awesome? It was cool, living on edge. Yeah. I mean, I was yeah. kind of, but, but, you know, all right, so when did all that stuff start? I when mean, did, when did it start? Yeah, well, you know, you, you J-Bo, so J-Bo's been filling me in on some of the, the, the little high, note, high the notes book. of the book. Yeah. And full disclosure, though, I've read, I've read your first book, just not the second. Right. But um, all right, so when you guys got going, though, 
I mean, you, you mentioned the 70s. You were in a, involved in the 70s, right? When, the, when all this got going, you guys are sitting around saying, hey, let's grow some weed. But it didn't just start out like that uh, as far as Super Bowl parties in Vegas. I mean, walk me through this timeline of how it went from just some guys sitting around saying, hey, let's do this to Super Bowl parties. Well, it, it started off innocent enough. Uh, back in the 70s, your Vietnam veterans were coming home. They come back with a little different attitude. You guys probably heard this story before. And then you had the hippie generation come in at the same time. And then you just had a lot of different people, a lot of different aspects started joining together. Well, when pop was started coming in, say, in the 70s, uh, when the hippie move was coming on. And people were buying just a little amount of marijuana at that time. And, and at that time, us country boys out here said, well, hell, we can do this. We can grow this ourselves. And so we started off small enough, just a few plants. And instead of buying the import, uh, we started growing a little bit. And as, as the years passed, being uh, entrepreneurs entrepreneurs like we were, like Robbie says, uh, we just yeah. kept expanding expanding. And uh, as the years passed, it's just a, a period of... Um, years of trial and error and it there when we finally become so big you know we we had it down pat on what we call open field growing now today most uh, uh cannabis cultivators are growing inside whereas we back in the 70s we were what you call open field uh cultivators we, we grew everything outside we grow like five ten acres it wouldn't matter to us just in just in an open field yes yeah well, you, yeah yeah, yeah. It right was, it was interspaced with corn sometimes sometimes right. in the early years when uh, no one knew what it was like you, you could grow a whole field of marijuana at that time nobody paid attention yeah. to it. but you know it, yeah. it didn't take it was a no-brainer you know we were raising tobacco for a couple of dollars a pound and, and marijuana was worth you know hell of a lot more oh right? yeah so, you know, everybody jumped on board. You know, uh, there was a lot of people jumped on board, and it made a lot of money, and, and it, it buoyed the economy around here, not only in Marion County, but all across the country. The, yeah. when, when Later on, in, in, when you guys finally, you know, it was such a big thing, the, the feds got involved, and it became what it became, you know, what, 100 people or so from, quote-unquote, the Cornbread Mafia, spent some time behind bars in some capacity. But many, many more, is it fair to say many, many more were involved in the Cornbread Mafia yeah. than just 100 people? Well, I have to evoke uh, Omerto right here. <laughs> but, uh, of course it was. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't take any mental giant. Yeah, that yeah. You know. Well, I'm not a mental giant, j j will is, tell you that. The deal is, you know... <laughs> If you got all this out here, you got a, you got distributors, you got people to store, you got people to do this. It just it was a huge network. And yeah. Fortunately, the biggest percent didn't go anywhere, and they did well, and they're still at home. We got families and businesses, and that's a great thing. Yeah, I think one of the the things that that made the Cornbread Mafia what they were is the word you just mentioned. What was that that silence? Say, say, let's see if you I can got, say it. I can't no, say it. No, Alberta? no, 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 no Joe Keith, don't say it yet. Let's Alberta. see it. Let's see if he can uh, say Alberta. it. Alberta. 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 Uh, okay. Alberta. Alberta. Okay, see, I've already been two in, so my tongue I wanted to see how he would say it because he was going to butcher it. Actually, that term wasn't coined many years later. When we were coming up in the 70s, we never heard the word Alberta. We had lived just by a code of silence like anyone did back in the 70s and 60s, you know, when all the moonshiners were in here. Yeah. 
you just didn't tell on people. Yeah. And that's and, what Omerta is. Yeah, basically. but that was coined later on, uh, the Omerta yeah. term. It wasn't it wasn't yeah. around back in the seventies. It didn't come along until up in the nineties. I, I think it's an Italian term for the, the mafia over there. Well, our good friend Johnny Boone, I think we'll give him credit uh, for that. He, so so he essentially, it's just one. you don't you yeah. don't tell on your brother, right? Right. right. Well, especially on like especially yeah. in stuff uh, such as that, such as making whiskey or. Um, Growing marijuana, or for that matter, you know, back in the day, lots of people grew illegal tobacco, and, and people pretty much kept their mouth shut on yeah. stuff like that. They usually yeah. kept everything at home. You yeah, know? yeah. That's just the way it was. It right. wasn't that you told on everything that you saw. You right. Yeah. One, that's one thing that stood out in these books was uh, your brotherhood <coughs> with guys and girls mm-hmm. that uh, they knew, well, you knew your core group had your back. because yeah, they, absolutely. absolutely. And, they, and they all knew that you had their back. Yeah, we were as... We were one good, happy family there at one time, you know, in the 70s. We, uh, we did real well. And, uh, but, you know, it, it wasn't just all about us. You know, I, I got to reflect back to the time that when, you know, the interest rates and, and a lot of stuff was up. And it was really hard back in those years because the interest rates were really high. 78, and, yeah, I mean, we're, we're talking nearly 20% interest rates, yeah, right? Exactly. And yeah. a lot of people was really making it, you know, it was really tough for them to get by. And so, yeah, they was turning to a little bit of uh, marijuana entrepreneurs, and, uh, and they did a lot of work. And some of them got in, stayed for a while, got on their feet, and got out. Smart guys, you know. Well, what I think is funny today is that you see these people out west growing marijuana and yeah. Colorado and places making all this money and – even today, you still have this uh, federal government who says people should still be in prison over marijuana. Yeah. When out west, you've got states, yeah. 28 states, I think, that legalized yeah. it in some form. Yeah, exactly. So, so I, mean, I asked you this on the phone, but I want to ask you here in person. Mm-hmm. How does that make you feel? I mean, I, it could go either way. A, a man that's <coughs> spent 20 years of his life. 21. 21. Got a 25-year sentence. And how do you feel about, uh, I know how I would feel, about the time you spent doing it, and now there's people doing it and can just walk the streets and smoke it and do whatever they want. I'm not bitter about anything like that. It was just the way that things shook out. You know, I don't don't think any of the the core members of the the so-called cornbread mafia feel themselves as victims. I think we all look at ourselves as survivalists, and and we never have reflected, never felt that way. of course, you, if you want to be uh, bitter about something like that, yeah, you, you get a, a huge chunk of your life ripped out of you. But that's just the way uh, history goes. You know, like a lot of my friends back in the 60s and 70s that went to Vietnam, you know, 50,000, 60,000 lives lost. over It's just a period in time when things happen. And you can either reflect back on that and, uh, and play yourself a victim or you can go forward and... and uh, and and try to do something positive for your life. Well said. That's great, man. That's great. I, I, I hear you, Jabo. We we need to take a break. Uh, you had mentioned you had mentioned before we even got going. You're like usually our shows guys run about an hour, you know, or an episode. And Joe and Jabo was like, I'm not sure how we're going to do this. There's in an so hour. much for you to I'm talk about. I'm not sure how man. we're going to do this in an hour. We'll, we'll let Robbie. Follow and, up and, and 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 I'm not I'm sure. Listening. You know, I'm not sure. And, and and keep the keep the bourbon pouring because hell we we might be here all night who knows all right a week or two. Yeah, that's right that's right all right let's take a break when we come back we'll uh, we'll get into some more about the cornbread mafia with our brother uh, Joe Keith Bickett Robbie Bickett man this is good stuff I got to tell you 
So stick around for more Two Shots coming your way. The Marion County Trail could be the best value in bourbon-themed travel in Kentucky. You'll experience one of the Kentucky Bourbon Trail's crown jewels, one of the Bourbon Trail Craft Tour's top-rated stops, and something you can't find anywhere else. Organized tours of a bourbon barrel manufacturing facility, all in one place. It's the Marion County Trail. Take your time to tour, dine, shop, and stay all along the way. Explore world-famous Maker's Mark, a hot-ticket item on the Kentucky Bourbon Trail, Limestone Branch Distillery, home of world-famous Yellowstone Bourbon, and one of the top-rated stops on the Kentucky Bourbon Trail Craft Tour. Kentucky Cooperage, the sprawling plant where the thriving bourbon industry's barrels are hand-built and seared with fire for bourbon-aging flavor. And Lebanon, home of wonderful dining opportunities from home-cooked to chef-driven. Unique shopping opportunities, nowhere else to be found murals for your selfies, and overnight accommodations that range from traditional to bed and breakfast to bourbon-themed. Go to visitlebanonky.com for more details. Lebanon Tourist and Convention Commission, 270-692-0021. Whether you're buying or selling, be it your first home or your last home, or building your investment portfolio, give me a call. I'm Lisa Kearns, a realtor with Exit Realty Heartland. I understand the stress and hassles involved in buying and selling, and I will be here for you. Let me put my 20-plus years experience in marketing and customer service to work for you. Give me a call, 270 270- 402-4036. Lisa Kearns, Realtor with Exit Realty Heartland, here to work for you. Hey, this is Jimbo. This is J-Bo. Man, we are so happy because J-Bo, we got this podcast going and we got fantastic sponsors like our good buddy Billy Taff with Big O Tires. Billy Taff, longtime friend and uh, I've been going to him for years for new tires at Big O Tires. I needed a new set of tires just recently. Guess where I went? Where'd you go? Big old tires here in Lebanon, Kentucky, the heart of central Kentucky, Billy Taft. He took fantastic care of me. I know he's always taking care of you. Yeah, heck yeah. He's even taking care of me when I broke down in Bardstown. He has a Bardstown location as well. Fixed the tires right up. Baby, I was out the door. Back to Lebanon in no time. He does a fantastic job. He's always worried about number one. You know what number one is? What's that? That is the customer. Exactly. The customer is always right when it comes to Billy Taft and Big Old Tires, Jabo. You can get old changes, tire rotations, new tires. Heck, he's even got used tires you can buy. Absolutely. Whatever it is you're looking for, I guarantee you're going to find it at Big Old Tires, Barnstown, or in Lebanon. Boy, and guess what? They are sponsors right here, J-Bo, on Two Shots on a Barrel. I'm telling you what. We love Billy Taft and Big Old Tires. Go there today. Big Old Tires, Billy Taft. It's in Lebanon and Bardstown, the heart of Central Kentucky. Two old boys ain't much for working. J-Bo, I love it. I love it, man. I love that tune. Terry is so talented. Terry Woolley. So, you know, the story goes that I said, Terry, we're doing this podcast thing. We're just a couple of guys wanting to talk about bourbon, everything that is central Kentucky, and Terry's like, I got you. And he took it from there. Yeah, 24 hours later, bam, we have an opening uh, theme for our podcast. Terry Woolley with Crystal Music is uh, kind of icing on the cake. Is sponsoring two shots on the bar. I don't know how cool that is. Not only did he do this for us, 
He's also sponsoring us. So, I mean, it's a double whammy from old Terry. Thank you, Terry. And you guys have come a long way. You know, you went from a, a point in time where you guys didn't necessarily get along the best in the world. And now you are like best friends. Well, it's like, you know, you put two superstars in one room, you know, there's going to be some bumping heads. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, whether it's recording, maybe it's some uh, voice lessons that you need, some uh, learning how to play a guitar, harmonica, you name it, Crystal Music in Campbellsville, Kentucky is the place to go. Hey, I even uh, was in a tight spot. I was going to go to Nashville. I was going to inter- interview a bunch of artists, and I needed a guitar to sign. I remember play. that. I remember that. I walked in there, and I'm telling you, they have guitars everywhere. And he said, you don't want this guitar. You want the this guitar. And he set me up, and away I went to Nashville. Bam. He took care of you, and that's the way he can take care of everybody. He's a good dude. He works so hard. His wife, Ina, though, is the best thing in the world about him. There's no doubt about that. But Terry Woolley is a great dude, and for every musical thing that you need, including... If you're out there listening and you need a jingle for your podcast, reach out to Terry Woolley. Check him out on Facebook. Look him up, Terry Woolley. That's W-O-O-L-E-Y. Or look up Crystal Music. You'll be able to check out all their deals along the way. And thanks so much, as always, J-Bo. They're a great sponsor. Hey, and we're looking for more. Absolutely. Right here on Two Shots in a Barrel. Back to two shots on a barrel, closing out 2020. Thank God, J-Bo, because I got to tell you, 2020 has absolutely sucked. Oh, it's been awful. Been it's, awful. It, One it, thing that's cool, though, is uh, about seven months ago, I started a podcast with my buddy, it, Jeff yeah. Reed. So that's a that's a good thing to have. One thing is bad. I've never drank this much bourbon in my life. And we had a lot even of when, even when I was in, <laughs> Even when I ran around at Bickett's, I, ne- I was a beer guy. Right. You know, I drank I drank beer. And now I'm. It seems like I've always got. I'm bourbon. sorry, man. Sorry. sorry. You're you're a bad influence. I'm a bad influencer, man. And uh, I had somebody call me last night and told me that I was a bad influence. Uh, one of our sponsors, David Wheatley, yeah. with the other show, said, "Dude, you got me into golfing and hunting. That's two of the worst things you could have possibly done. I can't stop doing them. So yeah. I'm glad I'm rubbing off on you as well. Have, have you tried? By the way, have you tried your your Jefferson's bourbon that I that I got you? For I Christmas? haven't yet. I haven't yet. Thank I figured you, we would have that today, sipping on I'll it. I'll bring it. To be next honest time. with I'll you. Bring it. But, bring it out. But anyhow, <laughs> hey, we're we're hanging out with Joe Keith Bickett and Robbie Bickett. So Robbie, you know, we we talked a lot about Joe Keith and and obviously the books and the the, the history that is and and the legend that is Joe Keith. Were were you just like a little uh, a young whippersnapper when all this was going on? I was on the peripheral. I just say that, you know, I was probably in '89. I was like 23, 22, so I was in college. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't have as much to do with that. But so how much? How much did you kind of know all of this was, was kind of going pretty, on? It was pretty blatant. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like Joe Keith and different ones hid anything. And but, Jimmy Bickett. And young Jimmy Bickett. Yeah. All right, so tell. So, <laughs> and Bobby so, so, Joe Shoemaker and Johnny Boone and Tommy yeah. Lee, different ones. There was a. And let me interject here real quickly before Robbie gets into his thing. But when you talk about me, there was a lot more that I – the only difference is to me is I wrote the books. Right. There was a lot of players in 
the so-called cornbread mafia, you know. And actually, it originated back in the early in the late seventies, as you guys know. Yeah. How it, how many how many people would you say were in that core group in the seventies? Because you hear the story about sitting around saying, "Hey, we we can do this." Is there a number like if you could say there was eight guys or there was ten guys? Is there that core group that you would say as to these are the guys that really established what would end up being termed Cornbread Mafia? There was a, it was loosely connected. I don't know how you would really say if you, if you talked about all the cannabis cultivators back then, it would be huge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You talked about just our little group out of Raywick. Yeah, yeah. Then you're going to narrow it down. Yeah, yeah. But uh, – Going fast forward, I think Robbie can tell us a little bit about the, the, not the cannabis world so much, but about the, the hemp world right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I was just going to say, you know, you're talking about the cornbread mafia. I never did even realize it was a cornbread mafia. It was more of a lifestyle. I, I grew up with uh, Johnny Boone's boy Jeff. You're right. Different ones, you know, that we all hung around with, and to see Joe Keith and Jimmy and different ones that had money, or Bobby Joe Shoemaker, or different ones like you said. It really wasn't like we thought of them as anything different than I'm thinking of you two right now. You know, they like to go out and have a good time. Right. And, Probably, yeah. I mean, these were guys that, that honest to God, worked hard too, right? Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's easy about that. Was, right? was it more of like, I mean, these are these are some hardworking farm guys. They, they all had background in agriculture. Yeah. If you want to use today's terms. Back then we would call it farming. Right. But yeah, all of us grew up in a rural area. Yeah. So that was a rural thing. What's yeah. cool, though, is... Uh, Joe Keith went through this world of uh, marijuana, and uh, he did a lot of good with the marijuana. I mean, the money from the marijuana. Of course, it was good to smoke. Uh, but, <laughs> but now now that uh, he served his time and he's coming back, and the other, the cousin or the sister of marijuana yeah. that is, is the hemp world. Mm-hmm. And it's very similar to Joe Keith's world, except you have to... Abide by the Kentucky laws of what is it, 0.03 of the THC? The federal law is 0.30. 0.30. 0. And you have to watch. 0.03, Rob. Yeah. It's a 310. So you have to separate, like uh, Joe Keith had to separate the males from the females, had to, uh, you know, get rid of them. But you have to be careful with having too many of the. Well, it's, yeah, it's basically the it's same, same thing. It's the same thing, really. really. The concept is the same. The, the females make the flyer. Right. And in our product, that's all we use is a flyer. You know, uh, other people, they say, well, this product is a whole lot cheaper. They grind up the whole stock, whatever's in the field, they go with the combine and just throw it all in a batch, melt it down and say, this is hemp oil. They don't call it CBD because CBD is made from the flyer. It's just like the bud of the marijuana plant. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so when you're raising the hemp, the best thing to do is have feminized seed where you don't have as many males. You'll still have a few males. But you got to get up, get rid of them. Because, you got to get rid of yeah. them. And that flowering is what that flowering is what causes you know <laughs> to have the good CBD. Right. And we yeah. raise plants that you know, like Joe Pete said, that are uh, certified to stay under that uh, average on the THC, which is federally set. Yeah. Gotcha. That's cool. Yeah, you the know, hemp, the hemp market is huge nowadays, as Robbie knows. You know, there's all kinds of companies into it now. And the, mm-hmm. the problem with it is that. And, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of clarify that. The problem is that your big growers are pretty much controlling the market now. Yeah, Whereas I've heard that. Small crop growers, 
have, you know, are, are pretty much been eliminated, haven't they, Robbie? Yeah. Are not eliminated, but well, uh, a lot of them, a lot of them still got barns full of hemp. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, heard, I've heard that. I've heard That's that. The, the way thing. we, yeah. with the way we sit there and still market ours is just like you all do, like people do their bourbon. Ours is small patch hemp, and it's small batch CBD. You know, we trim it. We said that ours is Kentucky proud. It never leaves the state of Kentucky. From that time it's clipped in Raywick, it goes to Lexington or Louisville to be processed and distilled, comes back in package, and then it goes out. We never sit there and wow. it up. It doesn't go anywhere else. It stays right here in Kentucky. Yeah, That's we pride awesome. ourselves we pride ourselves on knowing that what where our C B D oil comes from is from our farms down there in Raywick. Now, lots of people tout, Oh, this is that, this is certified yet. I bet you money they don't know exactly where it come from. True, yeah. and they, that's and cool. They tout that, but you know that, that's that's serious. Thing. Now, one yeah. thing one thing this stuff does uh, it does a lot of stuff similar to marijuana. It, it helps with anxiety. Uh, it helps some people with their eating. It my, helps my, some... my brother in law's got a lot of a uh, lot of back pains, yeah. a lot of it's knee pains. Pain, yeah. He swears by it. Uh, inflammation. Swears by yeah. it. I will promise you this. I, we can't say that you know it cures this or not because it it's not FDA approved. No CBD is right. But I've used it ever since I broke my leg three years ago, and it's the only thing that helps with the inflammation. Yeah, in my yeah. yeah, it's it's a. I'm a believer 100 percent in it, and uh, I can't wait to try these uh, products that you brought in. You want to tell us a little bit about them? Well, yeah, I can. Let me you pass got, them over to you. Joe Keith's signature brand is the Cornbread Mafia. Awesome. Uh, like under the label. That's you cool. Got Omerta Bourbon Cinnamon. Oh yes. And you've got Peace Frog for Jimmy Bickett. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we have several other products, yeah. too. But like I said, the main thing I use is the muscle cream. And it, it, really? No THC signature with yeah. the muscle cream at all, even though all of our products are below the federal uh, guidelines. Right, yeah. But you don't have any THC signature with muscle cream. So you uh. can put it on, you can put the whole can on if you want. It just has to do with the jet ingestibles, right, Rob? Exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 Now, That's, myself, I use it as a uh, sleep aid. I, I have a pretty um, eventful day each day. And, and, and in order to unwind, I come in the afternoons, and after I get most of my work done, I'll, I'll take a, a thimble through, I'll, I'll drop it full of that right before I go to bed, and I sleep like a baby. It's not yeah. it's not a sedative or anything. No, it, just, it just relaxes you. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. you put it under your tongue Absolutely. and hold it there for yeah. 30 seconds or yeah. so, and... And just swallow, and that's all you have to do. You're good. Yeah. 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 yeah, you know, I think what I don't think it's a placebo. I think it really works. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, and, yeah. And especially, I, I'm comfortable with doing ours because I know where it comes from. Absolutely. I, I yeah. tried when I first dabbled into it. I was like, I'm going to drink a bunch just to see, <laughs> so I can so I can prove to people you don't get high, you don't get yeah. all this goofy stuff. It was an expensive drink because you know the bottles, oh, yeah. right? So, but I never did it again. But I never. And then after that, I, I did a, I, one of those at-home tests to see if it would show up nothing. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean. A good product, well, well, ours product is double tested. Our product, when that hemp comes out of the field, it's tested. Yeah. Then when they make the product, before it goes anywhere, it's tested by Catcha Labs, K-A-Y-C-H-A. Uh-huh. Big labs all over yeah. the United States. Sure. And they make sure that that product is exactly what we say is in it. That's, That's cool. Awesome. That's good yeah. stuff. You know what would be so cool? You know, Joe Keith obviously spent a lot of time uh, partying because of selling a product. Right. I think it would be so cool if the product that Joe Keith is now selling, mm-hmm. he, he, he goes back to Super Bowls. 
And he goes <laughs> back uh, to and I hope uh, Vegas. Hey, you guys might be exaggerating. <laughs> Come on now. Uh, you know, hey, listen. Uh, hey, that's where dreams are made, I baby. I, I'm a little past I, that. With the hint, we've met a lot of interesting people. I met uh, Jorma Kakowin, who was uh, he's actually the lead guitar player with uh, Jefferson Airplane mm, with uh, mm-hmm. Hot Tuna. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a big. They actually have. We actually produced their own product called Jorma's Choice. We do that for them. I met uh, Trey Burke's dad, Benji Burke. That's cool. Yeah. Of, yeah. Of the product. Yeah. So we, you know, it's really been like like we were talking about with Joe Keith and them. You know, the people you meet along the way. Oh yeah, it's just a process of life. You know, there's those highs and there's those really low lows. Yeah, some highs with people, but hopefully it levels yeah. off. And at the end, you have a lot better yeah. life ahead. Yeah. Cannabis is a, is a good thing, both uh, uh, economically and and you know, from my perspective, you know, it's it's okay uh, to use either medicinal or for a little recreational purposes. Right. It's, it's yeah. certainly no worse than. What we're doing right here today. So, so, yeah. so, so, what's a chance? What's a chance, Joe Keith, that you think that Kentucky will be one of those states, whether it be for recreational or medicinal uses for for cannabis? I've been following that both state level and federal level. Uh, the state is kind of hung right there right now. Not to be talking about political persuasion, but uh, you know, just to be quite frank about it, I think that the the Republican Senate has got it held up right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just, just keeping it real, you know. I, mm-hmm. I hate sure. to get in politics. Sure. That's the bottom line. You know, Kentucky has a tendency to, to kind of slow walk everything, for a better way to put it. You know? Well, you've heard about the casinos right. and all those things, precisely, right? Precisely, precisely. Yeah. I know here we are really needing some tax dollars. Absolutely. And we got yeah. these things right on our threshold here. We've got, we could legalize gambling with the riverboats, and we could probably legalize Marijuana, both recreational and, and medical. Absolutely. And, and you yeah. know, it would be a huge income. You yeah. Know? And, and why we uh, sit here with our heads stuck in the sand sometimes makes me wonder. Mm-hmm. Federal mm-hmm. level right now, they've got what they call the MORAC, M-O-R-E. And uh, they're, uh, it's went through the House of Representatives, federal level. And um, they're wanting to deschedule it from It's a Schedule One narcotic under federal law. But if they drop it one level down to Schedule Two, that would decriminalize it. And so that would be really good. Now, that thing is set on the back burner right now because of all the stuff, other stuff's going on right now. Sure. But there a, is a chance that it could pass. Uh, I think uh, President-elect Biden has suggested that, you know, he might be on board with that. I know uh, uh, Vice President uh, Kamala Harris, is she's on board for it. But then again, it depends on what the Senate does. And... Of course, that's probably not the most important thing for our government right now with this corona thing going on. Right, right, right. But, you know, the, the segue in on that, you know, Kentucky, just like this bourbon we're drinking, uh, Kentucky has the limestone soil, it's got the temperate climate, beautiful summer sun, and it makes the best product. It makes the best product, and whether you look at bourbon, whether you look at horses, whether you look at whatever, and I'm not demeaning any other state, I'm just saying that Kentucky's well situated to sit there and uh, make money out of uh, cannabis in the future. Absolutely, and we've got some of the greatest cannabis growers of ever, forever. Sitting right next to you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, we got ex- experts in the industry. So I'm sitting here That's thinking. the field. Yeah. <laughs> you got it. You got it, Robbie. One thing that I thought of when, when I was thinking of you two together is everything he's been through, 
all the the marijuana that he's run his fingers through and and dealt with, his brother comes along and starts pretty much the same thing, but on a, when legal, you, level. On a legal level. When you came back, I'm sure you've gone to check out his operation. How did it feel to walk into his world for the first time once you, you know, left that? It was sort of surreal, yes. Uh, it, was, it was different, you know. It was almost like uh, stepping back in time. At the same time, you could get yourself caught up in that uh, uh, capsule of thinking you were back in the day, back right. in the 70s or 80s, because when you walk through a, a field of hemp, the same aromas, the same sensations and all that stuff is there. The only difference is, is the THC factor is way below uh, what uh, the product you are. You get that same smell, though? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. You cannot tell the difference between a, a, cannabis, a, a hemp plant and a marijuana plant. Wow. Unless you test it. Wow. I'm talking about just a visual. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah, so you're our, just walking out in the field. And you it's touch like, it. It's got the same residue yeah. on it. It's got the same stickiness. It's got the same smell. And we actually have the hemp fest. We didn't have it this year. We had it virtual. They're at the they're at the farm, right? At the farm. Where yeah. People can go through and because, like Joe Keith said, the first time I saw it, I was like, "Well, this isn't even hemp. I think I think it's marijuana right. because it looks exactly the same as it was back twenty five years ago." Right. It's the right. Same thing. So, actually, we had the hemp fest where people every first of October people can walk through. They can see the hemp. We'll have bands, different things. And That's cool. More of a festival. We That's won't cool. miss the next one. We'll yeah. be there. We'll yeah, be there. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, that was the first thing I thought of, though. I was like, how emotional could was that to step back in the field again and not only uh, touch field but to, to be a part of it. It's in your family. Well, my brother Jimmy, which is – he did a, a heck of a long yeah. federal For citizen sure. himself, and he's, he's kind of – the man in charge on the growing down there. Yeah, he's uh, a, he's an expert grower. Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy did, you know. He's one of the legends. Jimmy did yeah. right under the same amount of time I did. He did uh, roughly 17 years. Bobby Joe Shoemaker did 26. Johnny Boone, no telling how many years he's done. Mm-hmm. Tommy Lee out the Calvary did about 18 or 19. There's a lot of guys. On on. It's just not me. Yeah, right. goes there, on there's on. a lot of guys that spend a lot of time in prison on something today is legal. Yeah. yeah, you know, and that's just kind of the the main players, as opposed to a lot of guys did you know like eight or ten years. Right. That, that around here. You know? Yeah. I just can't imagine sitting twenty one plus years in jail over uh, something that God planted, put out there for us. I mean, I, I don't why why. Why isn't there people in the tobacco industry making millions and it's killing people? Yeah. I haven't. Have you ever met anybody that's died from marijuana? No. I mean, I don't know. Well, I could well, be I wrong. I was going to say, to follow up with that, you know, the, the way they say the CBD affects people is that we have a cannabinoid system in right. our body, mm-hmm. which meant, you know, thousands, hundreds of thousands of years ago, people were actually using it for some reason. They were actually using it yeah. and developed into a part of our system. So right. it, it's really weird, and you know, like I said, today, especially when you talk about Joe Keith and Jimmy, different one to have to serve time for something that they grow. You see it on TV. Yeah. That yeah. Out in California, they got hundreds of acres growing. Absolutely. You know, they can't even sell it because they grow so much. Now, the irony is that a lot of the people that was so negative against cannabis back in the seventies or eighties are the very yeah. people that are in. In some of the biggest companies Safe. today, yeah, yeah. You know, mm. that's it's really, yeah. it's really crazy. It's crazy. Now another thing that, so I got I got that was deep in these books, man. I'm like my brain was just spinning. 
And I'm like, okay, so Joe It Keith, don't take much for his No, it does. It does. It's just like so a y'all know. Wheel. Just like so you know. Just so you know. So first thing, when I got out of jail after 21 years, I'm looking for that uh, dude that, that, that made you, uh, that lied about you and got you. I'd be out looking for him <laughs> you, or sending You'd be looking to kick some ass. Yeah, Is that what I, you're I saying? Punch, punch the little dude in his head, the little guy. <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, I mean, I was, I was royally pissed off because you could tell that you were royally pissed off, which you should have been in the book. And uh, it, the stuff like that happened. I've never met anybody or interviewed anybody that's, that has gone through what you've gone through. Uh, yeah, it, it happens. Uh, it definitely happened. Um, I don't know really how to explain it, but no, I didn't get out looking for anybody or anything. I was just happy to get out. It was the happy day, happiest day of my life. In fact, Robbie and uh, my son and Jimmy and uh, my daughter, Tessa, picked me up at uh, Manchester. When I got out in 2011, and I didn't have the first drop of bitterness in me, I was I was just damn He's lucky. He's like, to thank get out. God, I'm out of here. And you can believe a lot of people were like that because it's just it's not the same as uh, these things that you see in uh, nothing against Mexico. Right. Well, Mexico, where you have cartels oh, yeah. knocking people. Yeah. These were just people that got caught up in something that started out as a $500 fine, and then in '88. They're saying, oh, well, you get mandatory minimums of 25 years. Nobody even knew how to read the book. Right, right. Their attorneys yeah. didn't even know how to, to, to apply the federal guidelines. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a learning process for real. Yeah. yeah. Well, if I ever meet that guy, man, you gonna whoop his you gonna <laughs> whoop his ass, aren't you? Say that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, my, my, na- my name's Jim Reed. <laughs> <laughs> Jayvo, we need to take a break. We're gonna come you back for. Can't, you can't <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna take a break, guys. We'll come back for episode uh, for segment three on episode of. Uh, we're having fun though, man. This is cool stuff. This is this is this is well worth the price of admission. By the way, fill me up, bartender. Oh All right, here we go. Back after this break on Two Shots on a Barrel. The Marion County Trail could be the best value in bourbon-themed travel in Kentucky. You'll experience one of the Kentucky Bourbon Trail's crown jewels, one of the Bourbon Trail Craft Tour's top-rated stops, and something you can't find anywhere else. Organized tours of a bourbon barrel manufacturing facility, all in one place. It's the Marion County Trail. Take your time to tour, dine, shop, and stay all along the way. Explore world-famous Maker's Mark, a hot-ticket item on the Kentucky Bourbon Trail, Limestone Branch Distillery, home of world-famous Yellowstone Bourbon, and one of the top-rated stops on the Kentucky Bourbon Trail Craft Tour. Kentucky Cooperage, the sprawling plant where the thriving bourbon industry's barrels are hand-built and seared with fire for bourbon-aging flavor. And Lebanon, home of wonderful dining opportunities from home-cooked to chef-driven. Unique shopping opportunities, nowhere else to be found murals for your selfies, and overnight accommodations that range from traditional to bed-and-breakfast to bourbon-themed. Go to visitlebanonky.com for more details. Lebanon Tourist and Convention Commission. 
270-692-0021. Whether you're buying or selling, be it your first home or your last home, or building your investment portfolio, give me a call. I'm Lisa Kearns, a realtor with Exit Realty Heartland. I understand the stress and hassles involved in buying and selling, and I will be here for you. Let me put my 20-plus years experience in marketing and customer service to work for you. Give me a call, 270-402-4036. Lisa Kearns, Realtor with Exit Realty Heartland, here to work for you. Hey, this is Jimbo. This is J-Bo. Man, we are so happy because J-Bo, we got this podcast going and we got fantastic sponsors like our good buddy Billy Taft with Big O Tires. Billy Taft, longtime friend, and uh, I've been going to him for years for new tires at Big O Tires. I needed a new set of tires just recently. Guess where I went? Where'd you go? Big O Tires here in Lebanon, Kentucky, the heart of Central Kentucky, Billy Taft. He took fantastic care of me. I know he's always taking care of you. Yeah, heck yeah. He's even taking care of me when I broke down in Bardstown. He has a Bardstown location as well. Fixed the tires right up. Baby, I was out the door. Back to Lebanon in no time. He does a fantastic job. He's always worried about number one. You know what number one is? What's that? That is the customer. Exactly. The customer is always right when it comes to Billy Taft and Big Old Tires, Jabo. You can get old changes, tire rotations, new tires. Heck, he's even got used tires you can buy. Absolutely. Whatever it is you're looking for, I guarantee you're going to find it at Big Old Tires, Barnstown, or in Lebanon. Boy, and guess what? They are sponsors right here, J-Bo, on Two Shots on a Barrel. I'm telling you what. We love Billy Taft and Big Old Tires. Go there today. Big Old Tires, Billy Taft. It's in Lebanon and Bardstown, the heart of Central Kentucky. Two old boys ain't much for working. J-Bo, I love it. I love it, man. I love that tune. Terry is so talented. Terry Woolley. So, you know, the story goes that I said, Terry, we're doing this podcast thing. We're just a couple of guys wanting to talk about bourbon, everything that is central Kentucky, and Terry's like, I got you. And he took it from there. Yeah, 24 hours later, bam, we have an opening uh, theme for our podcast. Terry Woolley with Crystal Music is uh, kind of icing on the cake. Is sponsoring two shots on the bread. I don't know how cool that is. Not only did he do this for us, he's also sponsoring us. So, I mean, it's a double whammy from old Terry. Thank you, Terry. And you guys have come a long way. You know, you went from a point in time where you guys didn't necessarily get along the best in the world, and now you are like best friends. Well, it's like, you know, you put two superstars in one room, you know, there's going to be some bumping heads. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, whether it's recording, maybe it's some uh, voice lessons that you need, some uh, learning how to play a guitar, harmonica, you name it, Crystal Music in Campbellsville, Kentucky is the place to go. Hey, I even uh, was in a tight spot. I was going to go to Nashville. I was going to inter- interview a bunch of artists, and I needed a guitar to sign. I remember play. that. I remember that. I walked in there, and I'm telling you, they have guitars everywhere. And he said, you don't want this guitar. You want the this guitar. And he set me up, and away I went to Nashville. Bam. He took care of you, and that's the way he can take care of everybody. He's a good dude. He works so hard. His wife, Ina, though, is the best thing in the world about him. There's no doubt about that. But Terry Woolley is a great dude, and for every musical thing that you need, including... If you're out there listening and you need a jingle for your podcast, reach out to Terry Woolley. Check him out on Facebook. Look him up, Terry Woolley. That's W-O-O-L-E-Y. Or look up Crystal Music. You'll be able to check out all their deals along the way. And thanks so much, as always, J-Bo. They're a great sponsor. Hey, and we're looking for more. Absolutely. Right here on Two Shots in a Barrel. 
We're back with two shots on the barrel. And uh, let's see, Jim's in his third glass, so uh, he's having problems hitting the buttons. But we are back with the Bicket Boys. You, and you, uh, you talked before I hit the red button. I'm sorry, it has man. nothing to do with... Uh, it's all right. What am I drinking right now, McKenna? Uh, McKenna, yes. It's, it's absolutely great, fantastic, now listen. superb. Let's try that again. One, <laughs> three, shots, right. three shots, right? Yeah. Now, listen. I found out uh, from reading these books that uh, Joe Keith is a genius. He is I've a already, mastermind already... genius. You want to know how I know this? How do you know it? Okay, I go to Walmart to get two or three things. I get there, I totally forget what the hell I'm there for. Yeah. Dude right here can tell you the name of his best friend's attorney's girlfriend's sister, and it's all right there. And he didn't forget anybody's name in this book. He named them. I mean, it, it, the ones well, that and, needed to be named anyway. But, but but in all honesty, I told you, J-Bo, I mean, 21 years in, in prison, you're going to have that opportunity to remember some of those he, names. Yeah, you have right. a lot of time to reflect. <laughs> well, sure. Right, but still. <laughs> oh, I mean, where'd I screw up? <laughs> <laughs> but he, I seriously, uh, just dumbfounded with uh, how he remembered stuff. But, all right, so so I've got I've to ask a question, Joe Keith. How, how, much did, how much did prison absolutely suck? Uh, prison is not what it's cracked up to be, guys. Uh, it's not. And, you know, that all that James Cagney bullshit there, you know, where, where people sneaking around in prison and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. The, the, the state joints are pretty bad, but the Fed joints are not really as tough as they claim they are. I mean, yeah, there's there's a lot of gangs and stuff in there, but yeah, in our, in our situation, there was a lot of our guys from back home, you know, like Johnny Boone. Uh, yeah. Me and my brother. So, so a lot of you guys were in the same place. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, okay. We had a lot okay. of street cred in there, and, and nobody cool. screwed with us. So nobody wanted to mess with you. No, no. Good. Well, they knew we were stand up, and that you get a lot of respect over that kind of stuff. Right. If you're stand up, you know you don't, you don't have to. Well, yeah, you're going to run into uh, problem every now and then. Yeah, you're going to run into problem every now and then. But overall, it's like a being in a little city you know everybody's got a job everybody's got a place to be and everything of course you're going to have a lot of disturbances we had riots we had fights we had shankings actually it wasn't a hell of a lot rougher in the streets of Ray. i mean did you <laughs> i mean did you see some of this stuff though well absolutely yeah small yeah. city man yeah. well i mean you know i'm just like all right but but if i'm thinking you know if i'm in there i'm like i ain't messing with this son of a buck i ain't messing with him I mean, did you did you have you talked about being able to, I guess, credibility or whatever? But I mean, if if I'm coming in there, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, this dude is this is a bad son of a buck. I'm not messing with him. If you got friends in there like we did, you know, and and, you know, there's an old old uh, cliche there says that you know there's safety in groups, you know, and and, uh, the Cornbread Mafia did have groups in there. Mm-hmm. If they knew you was associated with our group and everything, we didn't have any problems from other groups. There was Crips and Bloods, Mexican Mafia, uh, just on and on, you know, the MH-13s. In fact, I had one of those for a silly for a while, one of those really rough bunch out of uh, El Salvador, you know. Wow. Really? And, uh Wow. Those guys, you know, I, I know think Jimmy Bigger was seeing with Carlos Sledder, wasn't he? From uh, the Jimmy Sloa. was. Oh, Jimmy! Wow. Jimmy was in with his co-defendants. One of them name was Jack Reed, and the other name was uh, uh, Felix Bates. In fact, yeah. I'm writing. I'm, I'm currently writing a, a, another memoir on our years in prison, and it's it's going to be pretty interesting when I get it done. That's cool. Yeah. So I've got I've got I've got a question. So. So, Jabo, I could totally see. I know you talked about like documentaries, like m- movie documentaries, 
But I could totally see a a film, like a major film about the cornbread mafia and the whole deal. So when, when I'm sitting here thinking about this, Robbie, I'm thinking about who would play Joe Keith? What actor would be Joe Keith? Who would play Robbie? Yeah, what, who would be Robbie? Who would be who would be Bobby well, Joe? Whatever, you know, you know who would be Bobby Joe Shoemaker? Yeah. Who would be these guys? These legend? Who would be Johnny Boone? Well, I mean, is is that something that that, that would yeah, be that really like mind, like I would it. like I would pay big money to go see that that movie. That I would be an awesome movie. Joe Keith is actually working with some guys from different places, but you know, and maybe it'll come out later on. That would be fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that would be so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah there there's some things in the works. Um, people will approach you about it. That's yeah, yeah. Mean. There's some things in the works, and um, there have been some uh, different. Aspects of that possibly in the future. We'll see so, how that so plays hypothet- out. So hypothetically, though, mm-hmm. I got to know this: who would play Joe Keith Bickett? Well, hell, I guess <laughs> I, I. I mean, what? I what? What? You what Kentucky cats. What? George Clooney. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. That's, we'll that. <laughs> That's cool stuff. Man. <laughs> that, that is good. Kentucky, we're, we're all far. I wonder who we get to play Johnny Boone or Bobby Joe Shoemaker. Uh, <laughs> That's a that's a great we'll question. Or even better, Jimmy Bickett. Yeah, that's what I said. Well, or Tommy Lee. You know, we call in prison. We call Tommy Scarface because he has a <laughs> Al Pacino. But he, you know, Al Pacino's too old now, right? Yeah, yeah you yeah, know, yeah, he, yeah, he's too awesome. he's too old to play a suave character. It really is funny when you watch shows like uh, different things on Netflix and like Rectified, different yeah. old shows that show the prison life, and you can really relate to those. Shows when actually when I was a kid you didn't relate to them at all. Right, like, eh, whatever. But yeah. now as you get older you're like, I understand. Yeah. What's going on? That is so cool. Though. Well, man, I appreciate you clearing the air with what really happened with the Cornbread Mafia, where it started, how it was named, uh, everything that I didn't know is in that book. Well, a lot of a, a lot of I'm not going to call any names, but a lot of uh, literature or we'll say articles on the. Cornbread mafia. Let's use one of Trump's uh, statements. There's a lot of fake news out there. <laughs> <laughs> there is a lot of fake news out there. But, uh, yeah. No, no, I don't mean to be uh, no, condescending. Right. Sure. Every, everything but, uh, I heard on the street is not what I no. read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it was all about Johnny Boone. I love Johnny Boone, but it was all, he he was the mastermind. He was the, the godfather of grass, which he was. He is, yeah, yeah. But, Johnny's a good friend is. of ours. Yeah, yeah. He's a great I friend mean, of ours. But it was, uh, it was, it was a lot more to it than that. A lot more to it. You're well, right. the reason being, and, and let me clarify there, the reason being on that, at the time of, we'll say, certain publications, that not everybody was on board for that at that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, and a lot of it was held back. And that's the reason, I think, in, in, in my perspective, my book uh, tells the true and uh, real you, story about yeah. how, how it come about. That stuff, a lot of that stuff in my books was not re- revealed. And Joe Keith is a first-hand chronicle. Yeah, yeah, you know, he's, that's the first-hand yeah, he's, knowledge. Yeah, that's yeah. different than even if I said, "Hey, J. Bo, let me tell you this story about right. Jim Reed." Yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. And yeah. you know, then Jim may come back and say, "Well, that's not exactly the way it was." Right. But yeah. Yeah. so, is there anything you would have done different, Joe Keith? Well, yeah, yeah I wouldn't have got caught. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 what but what ultimately do you think led to that? 
to that? Was it the that lifestyle? That question, that question uh, lots of people ask, uh, ask that question. Is there anything different than you would have? You know, was it the lifestyle, you think? No. Uh, uh, oh, I don't know. Uh, you know, it's just um, I think, you know, it, probably handwriting was on the wall at the time. You know, uh, we should have shut down early. They were on. looking for you, right? We, well. we should have shut down, and uh, we didn't do that. And uh, that was a mistake. Yeah. And uh, uh, that's just the way some things play out. But, yeah. you know, it's, it's all. Yeah. It's the way it works. And like I said, you know, the mandatory minimums, nobody really saw that coming. There was always something happening in the federal government, but nobody, the attorneys that they had, and they're great attorneys, I'm not saying anything bad about them, but they didn't even recognize the severity of what the mandatory minimums was. And yeah. they actually made kind of a showcase out of the Corn Band Mafia right. when they. So is it the, the whole three strikes and stuff like that? Well, mandatory minimums means that they go across. Like they'll say, how much pound, how many pounds of marijuana did you have? Plus, go down. What's your criminal history? Oh, okay. And at that point, they say, well, so Jokey got caught with uh, some grass once before, whatever. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Then they say, well, that's two strikes against him. Plus, he had so much that we're going to give him 25, uh, 20 years. Which is bonkers. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it was it was crazy back in the day. The, a lot of that stuff's been rectified since then. That, they don't send the feds. Even the feds don't sentence you like they no. did back in, in the the early nineties or the late eighties. You yeah. know, today they, they a lot of that stuff's been overturned. They found that the sentencing guidelines were unconstitutional. And didn't work. A number of things it that, didn't work. And uh, and and you know, it, like I said, it's just the time and space of when you you know yeah. those things happen. You know. Yeah. It, but, it to me, it just doesn't make a lot of sense, J Bo. I tell you what does make sense is we got him back. He's back with us now, and uh, well, man, you're that. doing you're doing big, <laughs> yeah. doing oh, big things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have books, we have uh, CBD oil now, and more to come, and more to come. Yeah. So, uh, so, 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 you've already talked about some more books and things. I mean, what what else is cooking for for you, Joe Keith? Now, now you're digging, aren't you? I'm <laughs> digging, man. Yeah, I want to know, that. brother. Investigative journalism. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to know. I mean, because you know, man, there's you, a there's, there, a, lot there's a lot of the stuff world. that you can still tell. Yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff in the making. I can't get in a lot of it. Uh, I'm working on this third book I was telling you guys about, and uh, hopefully I'll have that out in next year or so. And uh, there's a lot of things you know in politics. Uh, a lot of changes in state level legislation and uh, federal level. Looks like a lot of good things are happening. Yeah, us as Kentuckians, we just need to get on board yeah. with it. Yeah. Know? I'm with you on yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, nonviolent offenders. You know, if you if there's no violence, they should be released or fined or whatever way you want to deal with them. But the prison system needs to be corrected. Well, the, there's no equality when, exactly. when when you're talking about a guy like Joe Keith who's sitting here. Man, I, I I would I would go to the next Super Bowl with Joe Keith every <laughs> day of Super Bowl like, <laughs> every day of the especially, week, especially if he's paying. Right? I mean, yeah, I would yeah. go with him oh, every day yeah, of the exactly. week. Yeah, if he had but, to pay, but, but there's out. no different. I mean, there there's so much different, man. You you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And Joe Keith, and for God's sakes, a true felon. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There, yeah. There's no comparison. Yeah, there there's a lot of a lot of. Uh, the pot growers are, are just the same as me. The biggest majority of them are just like me, you know. They're, they're non-violent people, and we were just looking to make a little money, yeah. and then we got to making a lot of money, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I assure you, in Lincoln County, or even in Kentucky, there's probably not any families that haven't been touched yeah. by marijuana in the past, you know. And like I said, it's not like you went out and murdered somebody. It's right. It's like, you know, all right, you're growing a uh, plant that God put yeah. on the earth. 
Absolutely. Well, look, you can go to Amazon.com and buy both of your books. Where can we go to get your oil? Diggitandboom.com, uh, okay. like Joe Keith would say, is uh, the main source. But also uh, give a shout-out to Pat's Pharmacy. Pat's Pharmacy was one of the first ones that carry us. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of places here in Lebanon, southeastern Ohio. Uh, we do a lot of white labeling for, like I said, Jordan's Choice and different ones. Uh, UNS in Louisville. Uh, Stouts and Mount Woods. There's just uh, hundreds of places, not hundreds, uh, but numerous places. Too many for me to name. Yeah, right. But we're gonna, a lot of good people have taken good care of us. That's great. We're going to do a lot more in the future, too. Right now, we're just kind of fledgling right now, but we intend to to uh, market some yeah. even more and products through Bicket and Boone and Cornbread Mafia in the near future. Once this uh, pandemic is over and we get this thing under control, can can we somehow get a line of shirts to Cornbread Mafia shirt line going? Go to cornbreadmafia.com. Well, we haven't got them right now, but so they're coming though, right? Yeah, we've had them in the past. We'll have. We'll we'll be a walking billboard for you guys. Sure to come to the Hemp Festival. Yes, definitely. Yeah, we 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 need to do that. We'll be there. That definitely. One of the coolest things you can tell whether something is really good. You look at the reviews. I do that all the time on books or movies dude you're killing it with your books joe keith i, I mean so. you, your reviews are are phenomenal yeah. I mean, it just shows yeah. were you a, i'm just curious you know growing up i'm talking about the joe keith that was in that was in school <laughs> were you a writer did you enjoy writing no no i i learned to write while i was in prison uh, i i i become uh, about yeah. halfway a uh, jailhouse lawyer and, and when you become a jailhouse lawyer and you're trying to fight your case, you learn how to write legal material. And wow, from there, that's cool. You go from there. And, right. and for me, I'd get a call from Joe Keith, and the only thing he'd be talking about was something he was writing. <laughs> 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 Look at this brief, and I'd be like, okay, I'll, I'll listen to you. But he, Joe awesome. Keith done great writing everything. Well, well Robbie was kind of our go-to guy when me and Jimmy was down. We had to have him to take care of all our stuff on the street. And he did a hell of a job. That, that's right. That's good. But That's there, good. You want to give a shout-out to the, any of the Bickets back in Ray Wick before we wrap this thing up? Go with Joe Keith. You better go with Jim Bob. Well, I want to give a shout-out to all the uh, cannabis growers out there that didn't get caught. You guys hang in there. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and the ones that did, you know, we got that bias. So right, we're okay. Right. Uh, all right, the all right. CBD and the hemp has given people in Kentucky a real opportunity to do something good with the, what they, they've known their whole lives. There's a lot of good growers, like Joe Keith said. A lot of people... They know how to grow, and they've done things their whole lives. Yeah. So shout out to them. Too. All right. So 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 you are not the only bicket in the family that's that's written books. We oh, we, we we should bring this out. <laughs> Why don't you solid caps? No. All right. All right. Yeah. You <laughs> need to. You no, listen. I love Charlie Bigot, but you need to teach that son of a bitch how to write. Yeah. 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 Because he can't. I mean, well, I'll give that to you. Can, can you interpret? You. <laughs> can you interpret for me, Robbie? How how Charlie writes? Charlie, I love Charlie. Let me say this for Charlie's for sure. Colorful writing it uses big words. <laughs> big words. Big, uh, that's why it's big caps. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. I love Charlie. Charlie's don't awesome. don't get. All you got to remember, also, Charlie Bigot unfiltered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> always, Charlie. Always. Uh, you know, I told the story. I, I was down at down at his place one time. And and he really, honest to God, should have asked me to leave several times. But for him, it was good entertainment to see this young little prep kid sitting there. Throwing down. Drinks. Yeah, yeah. He was having a great time. So it was worth a whole lot more to him just for me to stay there than to kick me out. Yeah, we for love sure. him. Well, guys, thanks for coming in. I, I know... 
I, I, I'm shocked that you said yes. So thank you for coming in, and uh, thank you for well, you being. Got the bill yet? <laughs> <laughs> thanks for being. <laughs> thanks for being an important part of our family, and uh, I know my uh, my in laws think the world of you and your brothers. And uh, man, it just means a lot that you came down here. Yeah, well, we're all family if you really think about it. Yeah, we, we are. are. We are, and here in Marion County, absolutely, Lebanon, Raywake. And in the heart of Kentucky, we are family. And yeah. when that That's next right. when that next book comes out, we need you back. You got right. that? You yeah, we, we would love to preview it, brother. Oh man, that'd be okay. great. Absolutely, well, I appreciate you doing that. But 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 again, yeah, I, I'll echo what what you said, Jabo. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here, Joe. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, maybe Robbie, we get you, some of the other players down the road. Yeah. We would love yeah. to, and love and to. Robbie, you know, we go way back, brother. We always we, have. We, we all, it, it, funny story about our buddy Steve, uh, Steve Lee. So one night we were at your place, Robbie, and he and I had the coolest leather jackets ever. The same identical leather jacket. You know the story? No, I don't. The, no, I, so so, so we had the same identical leather jackets. So Steve left a little earlier than I did that night. I had my keys in my leather jacket. So Steve takes the leather jacket, but it's mine. I get to the house, and I was a young partying dude at the time, right? So we're, we're having guys from everywhere coming to party. I had no keys to get into the house. And thank God uh, for Steve Lee, busted the window. I was fixing a window the very next day. So, uh, like you Steve said, I always thank God for Steve Lee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's the man. Hey, guys, thank you all for coming in. Hey, thank you all. We would love to have you back. Yeah. yeah. We'll try to do that. All right, brother. J-Bo, uh, we've got some more shows I'm hoping to, right. to get to before we get out of here in 2020. But, uh, man, what well, a show. Stay tuned, man. This stay is good. Tuned. This is good stuff. You guys take care. Happy 2021 to you. Thank you all. All right. See we'll see you next guys. time on Two Shots on a Barrel for Jimbo. The Marion County Trail could be the best value in bourbon-themed travel in Kentucky. You'll experience one of the Kentucky Bourbon Trail's crown jewels, one of the Bourbon Trail Craft Tour's top-rated stops, and something you can't find anywhere else. Organized tours of a bourbon barrel manufacturing facility, all in one place. It's the Marion County Trail. Take your time to tour, dine, shop, and stay all along the way. Explore world-famous Maker's Mark, a hot-ticket item on the Kentucky Bourbon Trail, Limestone Branch Distillery, home of world-famous Yellowstone Bourbon, and one of the top-rated stops on the Kentucky Bourbon Trail Craft Tour. Kentucky Cooperage, the sprawling plant where the thriving bourbon industry's barrels are hand-built and seared with fire for bourbon-aging flavor. And Lebanon, home of wonderful dining opportunities from home-cooked to chef-driven. Unique shopping opportunities, nowhere else to be found murals for your selfies, and overnight accommodations that range from traditional to bed and breakfast to bourbon-themed. Go to visitlebanonky.com for more details. Lebanon Tourist and Convention Commission. 
270-692-0021. Whether you're buying or selling, be it your first home or your last home, or building your investment portfolio, give me a call. I'm Lisa Kearns, a realtor with Exit Realty Heartland. I understand the stress and hassles involved in buying and selling, and I will be here for you. Let me put my 20-plus years experience in marketing and customer service to work for you. Give me a call, 270-402-4036. Lisa Kearns, Realtor with Exit Realty Heartland, here to work for you. Hey, this is Jimbo. This is J-Bo. Man, we are so happy because J-Bo, we've got this podcast going and we got fantastic sponsors like our good buddy Billy Taft with Big O Tires. Billy Taft, longtime friend and uh, I've been going to him for years for new tires at Big O Tires. I needed a new set of tires just recently. Guess where I went? Where'd you go? Big O Tires here in Lebanon, Kentucky, the heart of central Kentucky, Billy Taft. He took fantastic care of me. I know he's always taking care of you. Yeah, heck yeah. He's even taking care of me when I broke down in Bardstown. He has a Bardstown location as well. Fixed the tires right up. Baby, I was out the door. Back to Lebanon in no time. He does a fantastic job. He's always worried about number one. You know what number one is? What's that? That is the customer. Exactly. The customer is always right when it comes to Billy Taft and Big Old Tires, Jabo. You can get oil changes, tire rotations, new tires. Heck, he's even got used tires you can buy. Absolutely. Whatever it is you're looking for, I guarantee you're going to find it at Big Old Tires, Bardstown, or in Lebanon. Boy, and guess what? They are sponsors right here, J-Bo, on Two Shots on a Barrel. I'm telling you what, we love Billy Taft and Big Old Tires. Go there today. Big Old Tires, Billy Taft, it's in Lebanon and Bardstown, the heart of Central Kentucky. Two old boys ain't much for working. J-Bo, I love it. I love it, man. I love that tune. Terry is so talented. Terry Woolley. So, you know, the story goes that I said, Terry, we're doing this podcast thing. We're just a couple guys wanting to talk about bourbon, everything that is central Kentucky, and Terry's like, I got you. And he took it from there. Yeah, 24 hours later, bam, we have an opening uh, theme for our podcast. Terry Woolley with Crystal Music is uh, kind of icing on the cake. Is sponsoring two shots on the bar. I don't know how cool that is. Not only did he do this for us, he's also sponsoring us. So, I mean, it's a double whammy from old Terry. Thank you, Terry. And you guys have come a long way. You know, you went from a point in time where you guys didn't necessarily get along the best in the world, and now you are like best friends. Well, it's like, you know, you put two superstars in one room, you know, there's going to be some bumping heads. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, whether it's recording, maybe it's some uh, voice lessons that you need, some uh, learning how to play a guitar, harmonica, you name it, Crystal Music in Campbellsville, Kentucky is a place to go. Hey, I even uh, was in a tight spot. I was going to go to Nashville. I was going to inter- inter- interview a bunch of artists, and I needed a guitar to sign. I remember play. that. I remember that. I walked in there, and I'm telling you, they have guitars everywhere. And he said, you don't want this guitar. You want the this guitar. And he set me up, and away I went to Nashville. Bam. He took care of you, and that's the way he can take care of everybody. He's a good dude. He works so hard. His wife, Ina, though, is the best thing in the world about him. There's no doubt about that. But Terry Woolley is a great dude, and for every musical thing that you need, including if you're out there listening and you need a jingle for your podcast, reach out to Terry Definitely. Woolley. Check him out on Facebook. Look him up, Terry Woolley. That's W-O-O-L-E-Y. Or look up Crystal Music. You'll be able to check out all their deals along the way. And thanks so much, as always, J-Bo. They're a great sponsor. Hey, and we're looking for more. Absolutely. Right here on Two Shots in a Barrel.